0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Chats, the podcast where we have honest conversations with founders of businesses. So last week, I had a great chat with Emily who set up Virtual School Visits, which facilitates online visits for schools from all sorts of interesting people, from authors and Olympic athletes to scientists and even historical characters. She has a great startup story and I think you'll hear her enthusiasm for her business coming through the podcast. So from this episode, you'll take away Why testing quickly and cheaply can have exponential returns, how important it can be to capitalise on significant market events like COVID and lockdowns, how focusing on customer service can give you free marketing, and assessing your safety net before going full-time on your startup. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Emily. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm great, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, thanks. Yeah. How's your day been? Yeah, it's
1: been it's been nice. It's just been enjoying this rare sunshine that we've had a delayed summer, but no, it's been it's been productive. Um, yeah, the kind of the shift between you know working for somebody else and working for yourself, you have to be quite self disciplined, and especially days like this are are interesting. But no, it's been it's been lovely. Okay. I've I just decided I'm going to do a bit of work in the evening today.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, let's come on to that in a bit. I like I like where you're going, but before <laughs> we do, can you just yeah. tell me uh, who, who you are? what your company is called and what it does
1: sure so i'm emily um, and my company is called virtual school visits so it's a website where teachers can book a variety of virtual visitors um, to dial live into their classroom so if you you picture a kind of school setting predominantly primary is what I'm based in at the minute but hopefully we'll be expanding into secondary you've got the front of the classroom the big interactive whiteboard um and so the idea is a bit like we're doing right now a zoom call or you know a teams or google week call um the children are sat in the classroom and then an inspirational person will dial live into the classroom Um, So I have a variety of different categories of speakers. We have um, Olympic and Paralympic athletes that can call in. We have um, authors, famous authors and illustrators. So if the children are currently reading that author's book, they can have a chat to them. Um, I have scientists. So these are professionals who normally, um, normally in non-COVID times would be going into schools and giving kind of live interactive sessions, but now could do um, a sort of slimmed down version interactively virtually um and then the last category is historical characters so these are professionally trained actors who are in role if you think sort of horrible histories by if you remember that from when you were younger um kind of yeah in role acting as if it's almost like you're watching tv but the fun part of it is lives they might you know oh, who's that boy at the back you know sit up straight and they'll they'll do their character for 15 minutes or so and then have um, a q a session with the children so yeah that's that's virtual school visits
0: great great i mean i i love it having uh been, I used to be an actor, so having uh, done that sort of stuff, <laughs> having been into schools to do uh, plays and that kind of thing, I I really like it, and I like the idea of having uh, having a sort of Henry VIII figure pop up exactly. and uh, and talk to the <laughs> class. I mean, it sounds great. So, can we just start from the sort of beginning? Where where did this come from? What's your background? How did this sort of come about?
1: Sure. So, my background, I guess, just to give you like the the short version is so I graduated in 2012 um, and then had I was living in I live in Manchester now I was living in London then um, and I had a variety of different sort of office comms kind of roles, um, I guess, lots of stakeholder management type positions, and you know, I did enjoy it, um, but uh, you know, you have that sort of niggling feeling that maybe there's something different. And I remember switching from one job to another, thinking, oh, it's it's just the it's the industry I'm not particularly interested. in. And then I remember I will never forget that feeling of sort of one week into my new office job, and I sat there behind my desk, and I thought no it's still it's still the office job so at that point i switched up and became trained retrained and became a primary school teacher um which i have just (laughs) bizarrely finished uh, i did that for four years absolutely loved it i mean that's one of the slightly funny things about talking to you now where i am right now in my career my life is that um i could have seen myself doing that forever i am very passionate about teaching and thoroughly enjoyed it however um, you know, when an opportunity comes around, you should grab it. So, about literally an, about a year ago, before we were having this chat, I was just going back through old emails, I was thinking, when did this when did this idea first first come into my head? And it felt like so much longer ago than it was. I was actually really taken by surprise to see that it was it was 30th of August um last year that I was emailing some of my current speakers saying, you know, hi, I'm Emily, I'm a teacher in Manchester, I've got this idea. Um so How did it come to me? I was literally, I know it sounds cringy and probably made up, but I was (laughs) lying in bed one night and I had um, genuinely a light bulb moment where I was just, so it was my summer holidays having had a whole year pretty much of online COVID style teaching. And I was just very aware that in that year children hadn't gone on the school trips that they would have naturally gone on typically mm-hmm. uh, or we didn't have these exciting visitors into school um, but you know people were starting to do these sort of like authors especially were starting to do um, these virtual visits a lot more and I, I just suddenly thought you know not only is that a great idea for now whilst we're living and breathing Covid I was just sort of lying there thinking why is this not a thing in normal teaching times anyway you know mm-hmm. it's cheaper um, it's easier as a teacher myself at the time I knew that I just dreaded school trips they were they cost a fortune so you were given this kind of tiny shoestring budget to try and pull off you know something elaborate um, you have to buy a coach you have to, the, the kind of stress of managing the children all day and it just there was a lot to do and so the idea just it felt very right to me so yeah that's that's how it all came about.
0: Okay so that's really interesting that you were in the, the sort of market as it were and that's where you yeah. saw the gap from because I suppose you were able to like you said sort of pull all that experience having been a teacher to see exactly and, and sort of know exactly how this product or service might work because I suppose a lot of what people do when they come up with businesses is y- you want to sort of test with the user how it will yeah. work but you were the user so you were yeah. coming up with an idea that you would want for Yourself,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a really good point because I would, you know, I yes, I kind of thought, oh, this is an amazing idea, and you know, sort of X factor idea of like close family and friends saying, yeah, this is great, go for it. But I was very aware that it was just me thinking it was great, and maybe all the other teachers out there really loved and relished school trips. Um, and so one of the first things I did before I even got you know spending any money, um, was I just did a survey monkey, I put it out there on Twitter directly to tweet uh, to teachers had a really good response rate and basically just said this is my idea um, what do you think could you see yourself using this um, had a massive long list of categories of different types of things I, you know at that time my head was spinning with all these elaborate ideas I listed my kind of four categories earlier but I had you know <laughs> loads and loads of things that I could potentially do and it just sort of not only was the response overwhelmingly yes oh my goodness what a great idea here's my email address let me know when it's up and running um, but it was also really useful for me to get rid of some of the other categories that I was maybe thinking about and people saying oh you know I've already seen that website you know that that kind of area for example I'll just tell you there was one I was thinking maybe careers so you know you could dial in more secondary aimed you know dial in and speak to a doctor or speak to a um, I don't know, someone who works in marketing or something and speak to them uh, But actually there's already loads of really well established um, websites and companies offering that. So it was a really good chance for me not only to validate the idea, but to kind of focus in on what I wanted to do exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and to get uh, a sort of email list of potential customers straight off the bat, people saying, that yeah, they like it. And they. Yeah. I mean, getting that. Let me know when it's ready. Is a really great response, because that also tells you immediately that it's not just something that people like, but something that people would really want, you know, because there's that difference isn't there between Yeah, that's a nice idea. And Oh, yeah, I would use that. Like, let me know when it's live.
1: Definitely, and it was, you know, I had one of the questions on there was, um, are you a school teacher, are you a middle or senior leader, are you a CEO, are you a whole, you know, academy leader, um, and I had responses from all categories, and that, you know, everybody was saying yes, it wasn't like the head teachers were saying yes, but the teachers who would have to implement it on the ground were saying, oh no, like this doesn't feel right, or equally vice versa, um, it was just a really good feeling to be honest, when those results are coming through on the, so I was showing uh, my boyfriend and other friends, like, look, look, I was, you know, people are agreeing. This is a yeah. good idea.
0: So yeah. That's, <laughs> great. Find that. That's really yeah. great. And, and great to get exactly that differentiation between the different types of people that might be either paying for it or not. Um, and I suppose free, right? Just putting a survey on Twitter doesn't cost anything and you get that immediate feedback. Exactly yeah okay so okay so then you did that what was the next step obviously you're buzzing off this idea you've got a great first response from the survey what what did you do next
1: yeah so next i mean genuinely it is quite hard to remember the specifics i feel like with this um you know you have this really exciting idea and things just started happening but you know to try and explain it in a sort of logical order obviously you're doing quite a few things at once but at that stage i started building the website, I'm definitely not going to claim to be any kind of um, website developer at all. I use one of the very well known website, um, you know, building companies. So I was able to build a fairly decent looking basis. um, But I am quite like picky, quite perfectionist by nature. And so I just wasn't satisfied unless it Looked really really sleek and professional um, whether it was a new business or not to be honest so at that point I was reaching out to developers um, and then one guy started working on the website to do all the like more complicated back-end stuff Um, and that went on for a good couple of months Um, and then equally at the same time uh, you know the benefit was at the time that the idea happened it was the summer holidays so there wasn't this immediacy of like oh children are in school right now I'd had a little window really to sort of Mm. strike while the iron was hot so the website was being built. And then oh, on this side, I was contacting all these potential speakers. Um, so I was emailing different, you know, people that go, like I said earlier, the people that are going to schools and authors. And and it was very, co- you know, that was really, it's hard almost to, to take yourself back there now when we're coming out the tail end of COVID. But it really was in that time when you could barely leave your house. And the idea of doing something virtual was just at the forefront of everyone's mind. So, you know, like Zoom calls with your friends mm. and quizzes and stuff. It, it was that time. And so it didn't take much convincing a lot of people were just like yeah what a great idea yes get me you know sign me up and I do think that um I, I got really lucky I think I had this really narrow window of opportunity and had I had the idea now um as schools are reopening for this academic year and I was approaching uh authors and various other people I think they might have said you know yeah lovely idea but I, I did that last year and no but the fact that the you know it, it got the ball rolling and we had those months of kind of operation first meant
0: that you know i was in okay yeah so you've like you've used that uh sort of totally different environment in terms of the lockdown to strike while the iron's hot and embed and obviously hoping that that will then extend throughout if if you know once we're fully out of the pandemic or lockdowns are over it will have been embedded enough that people will go actually this is something that we can use regardless of whether we're in lockdown or not yes Okay, okay. So then, so how did you find the, the balance of like, obviously, you're trying to build the website, you're trying to build essentially the product, which is yeah. connecting to these authors, people, you know, actors, that kind of thing. But then also drumming up on the other side, interest. What, so how did you tackle that part of it in terms of getting people to the site, getting people interested in it, getting like explaining the idea to people and, and, and getting your first order?
1: yeah I mean to be honest looking back at it now it's so interesting because I was so focused on that side of things that you said you know that I've just talked about I wasn't really doing any you know super marketing like I had it you know I'd set up a a twitter but there's not really much you can say other than like "Oh, coming soon Hmm. um I I wasn't and you know maybe that should have been something I focused more on and you know reached out to lots of different teachers at that time and said actually one thing I did do and this is a bit of a a flop or maybe I didn't approach it in the right way so I I guess I was thinking a little bit in this mindset because I remember mocking up this kind of one page that was like an ambassador offer Um, so for different schools uh, it basically explained the concept and said and I I just basically found a load of schools that had really big um, Twitter followings and were quite Mm -hmm. you know well-known schools Uh, and the idea was that you know you use this service x number of times uh, a year I give you so many free and in response you you tweaked about it and things like that. I was kind of going down the social media angle. I think I sent about 20 of those out and I didn't get a single, single email response. So um, you know, what can what can you do? But now that it's doing very well, and then perhaps who knows, some of those those teachers or those heads are are thinking again but equally maybe i targeted at the wrong person i've had some really interesting conversations with people recently that have said and you know i should have thought this that you know a head teacher they are so busy oh my goodness what a job so um to send them an email like that probably just got put straight to the bottom of the pile i maybe should have directed it at curriculum leads um slightly different like middle level leaders um but you know no, basically, that was a very long answer to your question, <laughs> um, which was at that stage. No, I wasn't doing much marketing directly. I was very lucky that when it's launched, it just kind of naturally grew.
0: OK, so so but I'm interested in that in that naturally grew element of it. Is that just because people were searching for this kind of thing? Like, how, how did that happen in terms of if you weren't doing much marketing what was the... much marketing. Yeah. I
1: guess what you've got you know on my website especially the authors and especially you know the Olympic athletes um and the and you know these the scientists in particular that go into schools they already have um quite large followings and okay. so when it got to the point of me launching I did the classic you know oh, we're live uh tweet and then naturally people from that retweeted it and I think it was quite lucky that I got quite a big reach just through the kind of connections that that it had um yeah and then I just think I think the thing with schools is as a group as a community it's very very connected um you know if you're doing if you do a virtual visit in year five and it goes really really well you're going to tell your teacher in year three and before mm. you know it it's going to spread to maybe if you're in like a, an, an academy it's going to spread to the next one and that's what i've found i've been quite lucky in that the ball slowly got rolling and then it seems to have just continued
0: okay i think i think there's another thing there which is that um often people talk about product market fit so if you have tweaked the product or got the product right enough you don't need to do a huge amount of marketing because the market gets it. So they don't mm. need as much sort of selling or explaining of what the product is because they just understand yeah. it. And I think what you're, what it sounds like you're getting is that sort of compound interest of your product market fit because not only are the people who are using it getting it, but they're getting it so much that they're explaining it for to other people for you. So they're sort of doing yeah. that like, and the other sort of what it feels like the other um, benefit of where the market that you're in is that teachers talk to each other a lot and schools are connected so it's like oh if that school down the road has got it maybe this is something that we should listen to and so you're almost getting like ambassadors through schools to validate and to market for you which I think sounds sounds really good
1: yeah it's, it's a really lucky you know it's one of those things isn't it it's word of mouth mm. you get it right amazing you get it wrong you know, you screwed. So it was very important for me from day one um, to really just focus on customer service. All I kept telling myself throughout that time last year when I was still working full-time as a teacher, I was basically doing this in the evenings with, you know, match, matchsticks between my eyes. Mm. Um, I just kept thinking, just get it right, you know, just deliver a really exceptional service. Imagine what I would want as a teacher. Um, and, you know, fortunately, touch wood, based on the reviews and everything and the fact that teachers are now coming back, That focus in those early months was so right. You know, now that I'm doing it full time, I'm spending a lot more time on marketing, improving the website, those kind of things. But right back then, I just, you know, like you said, I knew the idea was good. Mm. Um, I really believed in it. Uh, The fact that people were coming was kind of enough to validate that. And so I just thought, just deliver the service really, really well. You know, don't screw it up because people will not come back and they'll tell their other friends don't use it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there was an emphasis on getting that customer service right from the start hundred percent. okay and so i'm interested in in that transition that you've made from doing it part-time in the evenings working as a full-time teacher how did you make the decision to go full-time with virtual school visits
1: yeah it was difficult <laughs> um <laughs> I guess so one of the things I don't know if you know this about teaching is that you have kind of longer windows where you have to hand in your notice it's not like some jobs where it's normally I think it's typically a month isn't it in, in you know, like a classic office based job I think teaching and what well, teaching is a lot longer you have to have a terms notice. Um, and so at that point I you know it was kind of when would it have been around Easter or so maybe a little bit later than that last year yeah you have these windows in teaching throughout the calendar where it's kind of like oh you can hand it in now to end then or you can hand it in now to end then these kept going past I was thinking should I shouldn't I anyway I got to the point where I, I had asked whether I could reduce my hours I was kind of picturing myself at this point now in September as you know where the business was then I'm trying to project forwards I'm kind of like oh we're in Covid is it gonna does this have longevity it's doing really well but is this just Covid and then is it gonna flop or really really hard to gauge actually I have had to take a bit of a, a punt but um, yes yeah, so I asked for reduced hours uh, to focus you know with a ratio split more to focusing on this Um, school came back and and kind of said the opposite way round um, which I think is completely fair enough you know you want a teacher to be a, a constant presence in the classroom you don't necessarily Want somebody there for a couple of days and somebody, you know, it does. That you know, you do have job shares, but I, I, I get it. Um, so at that point, I had to make a decision, very hard decision. Um, but I just thought, you know what, if I don't do this and then I see someone else doing it, I'm going to live with regret. Um, if I do it, and it goes amazing, you know, win win. And if it, if I do it, and it completely flops, I still, you know, I'm still a qualified teacher, you will always need teachers, I can still go back into that. And thankfully, like I said, at the beginning, I am, I'm really passionate about it. So I just thought, just go for it.
0: Yeah, I I really like that. I think that's a really sound like risk calculation in terms of I think it's hard to find that balance, right? Like some people will have an idea and they'll get super excited about it and think, I've just got to quit straight away and make this work without thinking about what the fallback is, without thinking about, you know, can they do, are they in that position in their career where they might be able to go back into it if, if needs be. So it sounds to me like it was uh, less of like a, I was basically wondering whether it was like a financial decision where you're like, okay, if the business gets to X amount of revenue a month, I'll do it and it sounds like it was less like that and more like it's it's got legs it's got the momentum I've got to go for it
1: yeah yeah it was more the latter to be honest I mean I had obviously looked at the finances I wasn't going into that idea blind Mm. um you know based on where I was making that decision all that time ago I was like right you know I can I'll have this you know small amount of money spent and I just thought Just go for it. And, you know, like I said, if I needed to jump back into teaching, I could get a supply teaching job in, you know, quite a short amount of time. It's not like I was completely leaving a career. And then, you know, that process of getting back into a job would have been, you know, maybe I'm being ignorant. Maybe it would have been a lot harder to fall back into teaching. But I just think four years as a teacher, you know, good references and things I did. I always just thought if I needed to, I could do and I probably could do it quite quickly. So, Yeah. yeah, calculated risk.
0: Yeah. Like the safety net is there. Yeah. And i think that's a really good lesson right because i think also lots of people don't realize that they do have a safety net especially Mm -hmm. someone like in your situation where you've been doing a job for a certain amount of time you've been doing it well and and maybe teaching is slightly different to other industries but i imagine there are lots of industries out there where you know your employer might want to make you feel like you shouldn't quit because you know it might not be so rosy but ultimately maybe you can take that risk and there's probably an element of sort of entrepreneurial side of you that is a bit of a risk taker so you'll you'll lean towards that anyway so yeah i think that's really interesting and so how how have you found like the mindset shift has there been a difference in how you approach like your working day now that you have total free reign rather than (laughs) having to squeeze it in in the evenings
1: yeah well i mean i'm literally day two of when i should, should have been back in the classroom but yeah absolutely i mean um I'm absolutely loving it you know I you have you wake up you I just have my little notepad here I do plan out my day Mm. because I think it could like I said to you earlier I'm focusing a lot more on the marketing now which just inevitably means being on social media so that could easily um just get you sucked in all day so I just I map out my entire day um and yeah, it's a really healthy balance, to be honest, of being able to focus on the mechanical side of it in the background where the bookings are coming in and then equally to, you know, having a lunch break and then doing a bit of the social media stuff. And like like you said, if I'm not feeling it or I just need a break, yeah, I'll go and read for an hour or I'll go to the gym at lunchtime when it's not busy. <laughs> Hooray, and then I'll do some stuff in the evening. So the flexibility of um, working for yourself is amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's nice that you're enjoying the flexibility of it already, you know, rather than sort of be- beating your head with uh, with having to sit at a desk for 14 hours a day or something. It's nice that you're, because you'll probably find that you have better ideas. You're able to like let thoughts percolate more by not just sort of being, ah, I've got to sit down for 14 hours and non-stop you know
1: definitely I've always been an evening Like, you know, people say, oh, what time? And apparently that's not even a thing. I don't know, you know, MP, they say like, oh, I'm a morning person, I'm an evening person. I read a book recently. And they're like, that's actually just rubbish. But I'm convinced I'm an evening person. It's probably just to do with when I'm eating food and stuff. But (laughs) I definitely feel like I come alive at like nine o'clock or something. And that's when I'm really, really productive, Um, which was very, uh, you know, that didn't line up very well with teaching. Teaching is a very early job. You had to be Mm -hmm. up super, super early. And that was, I actually found that really hard. Uh, That was one thing before I even had this, idea was I actually don't know if I can do this kind of day pattern Mm. um, for my whole career so in terms of just the flexibility of it and yeah working when you have your energy peaks and stuff it's great
0: yeah that's nice so you're getting the added benefit of aligning with how you work best like when your natural flow of energy throughout the day happens so that's another another like compound interest benefit (laughs) yeah oh I like it yeah I like it um okay so what do you think where do you hope the business will be in a year and where do you hope it will be in five years time and what are the main like barriers for you getting there and also to just another ta- ta- another question on the end of it what would like supercharge the business
1: okay um so yeah in terms of one year from now I think just on a practical level it would be nice to be Um, you know, earning back the salary equivalent or hopefully more as I left my teaching job. Um, So, yes, but then um, it would be really nice if virtual school visits just became a well-known name in the teacher community and had, um, you know, penetrated enough classrooms up and down the UK and internationally as well. Mm. um, That's, yeah, it was becoming a kind of well-known name. Five years from now, I would like to see, you know, my, my aim, and I've always said this, is that I don't imagine that it would, virtual school visits would ever take over from school trips or from uh, in-person visitors. And, you know, that's just unrealistic. But Mm. if you took a school year of sort of three terms where you have all of those different topics and you're expected maybe to do some kind of curriculum enhancement for each of those, if I could fill in one of those slots for each teacher in the UK over the course of a year, not only does that save them time, um, but it still adds to the curriculum, it's still adding a lot of value to those children's experiences, then that that would be the ultimate goal, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I like that. So it's not it's like a complementary to uh the actual school visits that might happen. Yeah. But also I suppose it's not just that. It feels like it's something in its own right as well, in terms of have bringing people into the sort of classroom virtually, but also having that lower cost must help loads of schools around the country That's that right. can't afford to send a whole year group to, you know, the Natural History Museum or something?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the benefits of it are just huge. So, like, financially for schools, you know, it's it's, it's a sad truth of the fact that it it's good for me, but it's actually really sad is that schools are just um chronically underfunded they they do not have enough money to send every year group on these fantastic trips you know three or four times a year teachers have to be very very creative um and from my experience you know there's only so far your creativity can can take you mm. until you've been down the local park you know <laughs> five times and Tried to kind of twist that into some new fun experience. It is really difficult. And if you're based in Manchester, you're based in London, then how are you going to get to these different locations around the UK? Um, you know, if there's an author based in Brighton that the children are reading the book of, they're, they're not going to be traveling all the way across the country. If they did, you'd be paying for their travel, mm-hmm. you'd be paying for their accommodation. Um, now, that's just 30 minutes of their day. You know, the authors are relishing it. They can be writing in, in the morning and they'll have a virtual school visit slotted into their kind of middle of their day and then they can do something you know maybe they'll do an in-person visit in a local school near them in the afternoon but the fact that they actually could access all these schools um is you know has massive potential
0: yeah i was going to say it sounds like so for for those authors that also just want to have an impact on school children they can have a much greater impact because like you said they could do you know two or three schools in one day whereas before you know yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even be able to go up to the school in Newcastle if they're based in Brighton because it's too much hassle and train back and forth and that kind of thing. So actually they're getting a greater impact for their work, which I imagine is something that an author wants to do as well, right? They like to get the the audience and the reach and to see the the impact that their work has had.
1: Definitely. And I mean, yeah, I think... I don't think anyone would be saying that they want like these, these professionals want to stop going to schools. Of course not, you know, that must be uh, one of the most rewarding parts of it being live and, you know, with the children, but um, yeah, for all the reasons we've discussed, there's a, there's a huge reason mm-hmm. why doing virtual things is equally as rewarding and for them actually, you know, reaches out to lots more, lots more children. And if you think of a really remote school, um, you know, I've been emailing a teacher in the Orkney of um, north of Scotland. And oh, wow. so this is just opening up a whole world of opportunity to those children that may, um, not have been as easy for them to access before.
0: Okay. And so just before I come to the, what would supercharge, what mm-hmm. does product development look like for you over the next sort of few years?
1: Yeah, it's a tricky one because I mean, naturally it's automation, um, So at the minute, you know, the teacher's booker's time slot that comes through to me is a little bit clunky. I have done some things to automate it a bit more just in terms of, you know, basic things like mail merging. Um... And yeah, so with the historical characters, I try to have a set slot each week. It saves a lot of back and forth of emails of oh, I want a Tuesday. I go to get to what you know, what chooses you if you da, 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 da ping pong. And you know, if the more bookings I have, the more of that. That's just kind of wasted time. So it's about streamlining, streamlining it as much as possible. But equally there is definitely value in having, you know, in building up those relationships over email. Um, so it's a tricky one. I actually struggle to answer that at the minute. Um yeah. But I suppose of- yeah so
0: there's like improvements to the sort of back-end like business processes to make things slicker but but also yeah. what, what in terms of like, uh, like the offering on the website so you've got like Olympians, authors, historical figures, is, is that catalogue going to broaden out or what's the plan there?
1: So I have had at recently quite a few so just within those categories um, I've had a few new speakers. Um, in science in particular I've had a couple of new ones recently I have got an idea in the pipeline for a new um, part of the website I've got two in fact so I'll I'll tell you one and the other one I'm keeping cars close to my chest just for now (laughs) Um, so one of them is um, so one of the actresses that I work with um, is fantastic and she also does a lot of work with much younger children so in, in school terms it's called EYFS early years foundation stage so these are sort of like your three to five year old children at the minute the website doesn't cater you know certain ones do certain authors and things perhaps but less so for that age group it is more the sort of year one and above so the the really young children aren't currently you know accessing it as much as I maybe would like them to Um, but this lady is fantastic and she does these kind of live uh, almost like if you think like a sing-along and a dance-along and you might have like your live number one number session or uh, your live you know if you think sort of like CBeebies idea Mm -hmm. that kind of thing Um, so I'm working with her at the minute to build up that as an idea on the website and we're we're kind of trying to decide whether it would be a similar model in terms of it being you know a one class at a time bookable thing or whether it would be um you know much more of a kind of hundred classes would join at a time um and then she you know for a much lower price and then she would be doing the show to all of them and i might be there oh, okay. saying to her oh you know on twitter oh we've got st james's school or whatever in nottingham and she could do a little shout out to the children and that kind of thing so
0: okay. that's
1: yeah we're that's okay. still kind of early stage idea so we're that's exciting though um yeah. and we're you know have already had a couple of conversations about that um the other one i um yeah it's just an idea that's popped into my mind in the last week or so um without giving too much away it just involves um other kind of virtual virtual okay. areas okay. i'm going to be boring and not and not reveal too much about no, that keep yet it, keep it <laughs> secret i <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i like it
0: you're you're, you're teasing us
1: <laughs> but the only reason why is just because um, it's it's very it's very replicable. <laughs> I'm not in any kind of um, false pretense that this isn't very easy to to duplicate. I've got no you know unique idea necessarily, and so for me it's just all about being uh, the first and being being the best and being the most well known. Um, yeah. But as I'm still building kind of following and, you know, like I said before, marketing and stuff is still very much underway. I'd hate to give away, you know, golden ideas. (laughs) And then who's already, uh, you know, got their reach could just hop on.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, completely fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, and what, this is probably quite a difficult question because I'm just gonna ask you for one thing, but what's the one thing, if you had to pick one thing that would supercharge the business in the next few years?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's marketing or it would be something like so you know things like Ofsted if you've heard of Ofsted have just huge clout or someone you know from government if they could come out and say something like because you know what they say is just gold and golden so if they were to come out and say something like oh you know um enhance your curriculum as they already do and you know teachers kind of guided along what ways that they should be doing this but if they were to come out and say something like uh you know a virtual visit is an excellent uh financially viable way for teachers to do this and that would be a huge tick for me okay. um so that's the kind of yeah getting getting nods from the top and the real influences out there but then just on a more day-to-day level just marketing i think
0: yeah um yeah. but a big endorsement would be nice an endorsement big, would be great <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please endorse
1: me somebody
0: <laughs> yeah um okay and my final question is what has been the most enjoyable bit of this whole process so far it's obviously still very early but you you seem to me like you've made such huge progress in such a small amount of time what has been the most sort of satisfying bit for you
1: i think um i say a few little ones yeah to keep it quick. <laughs> <laughs> um it's hard to really pinpoint it. So just right now, you know, is it like this new school terms opening? I've had this long stretch of summer where I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this full time. That was quite anxiety inducing. I thought have I made the right decision. So just, you know, in these last couple of days, I've been having loads and loads of inquiries. So that's really uh, hopeful and promising. So that's been nice. Um, a while back, I reached out to a really well-known um, teacher. He's kind of like your, you know, sort of Mrs. Hinch for cleaning and like that sphere. He's of that version for for teaching he's called ICT with Mr P uh, he's a lovely I guy a, and I yeah. Yeah, I reached out to him and he did one of my virtual visits and you know promoted it on his um channels and that absolutely you know you look at the traffic of my website and you're oh. um so that was amazing that was you know amazing as it was exhausting because it was right when I was just slap bang in the middle of term hmm. uh, but that was very exciting and that was again the idea that actually if I can get this out widely enough people will jump on it. So I'd say those, those two things okay. are my, my most exciting
0: moments. Great. And finally, where can people, uh, where can people find you or contact you or what are, what are your social handles, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, sure. So you can, uh, the website is virtualschoolvisits.com. Uh, you could email me directly if you like. So it's Emily at virtualschoolvisits.com um, And we are on Twitter, which is at wow.
0: Okay, I like, I like the handle.
1: Yes, I didn't go for VSV, but virtual school, virtual school visits was too long. And VSV is like a coding term. Um, right, so okay. yeah, curriculum wow was born.
0: Oh, I like it. I like it. Um,
1: you get the idea of what it does, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Emily, thanks very much for, for chatting. It's been great to hear about your business.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to see more of Emily's business, head over to www.virtualschoolvisits.com or check out their Twitter at CurriculumWow, which is a great handle. And as ever, if you like this podcast, follow it, leave it a review, get in touch, all that good stuff. See you next time.